Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com Out connection podcast network fans, welcome into Wrestling Warzone or Monday Night Wars podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and joining me as ever is my partner Chad. Chad, how are you? Uh, doing good. The inevitable uh, summer cold has called up to me. Oh, yeah, a little under the weather, but I've been hurt for weeks. It's, I blame it on Grooney, like, like Grooney was here. And I've been six since. Yeah, good candidate to always blame yeah. any problems you have. Uh, I mean, well, uh, Caden went to camp, and then when he got back, he was he had a cold, so I'm pretty sure he gave it to me. But we powered through. They start school tomorrow, so it's already happening. That is like mind blowing to me Best. that you guys like every year when I hear like all you Southerners uh, that I'm friends with, they're like, "Oh yeah, school starts." I'm like, "Like we still yeah. got a whole month left," you know. Yeah, I remember when you uh, when you were talking to Aaron on the uh, tier list about SummerSlam, and you were like, "Well, it was always you started school the next night." I was like, "Oh yeah, buddy, we're we're already deep in it." Luckily, <laughs> last year's last year's SummerSlam would that would have been the been. night of. Yeah, yeah, that would been. Yeah, no, it was night. always Labor Day weekend. You know, it's like that was it. Usually, we'd start a lot of times. We started like the Tuesday after Labor Day, or yeah. we'll do like a few days before that, and then have the weekend off. I mean, oh. where I live. Um, you know, there's the county and then there's the city school and the city schools, uh, not starting back till August 14th, which is like the latest they've started ever. They changed a whole new calendar. So that was big news. So. Radical changes down south. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. All right. Well, we got some radical changes coming here on the war zone, uh, on the program, <laughs> but also within our show. So welcome yeah. in, uh, here on this program, we go through the history of the Monday Night Wars. We're doing this uh, both in a simulcasted video and audio format. So if you're watching on YouTube, welcome in. Be sure to like and subscribe if you are new here. We're also on our audio uh, feed on any podcast application on North-South Connection. We have a lot of content on both. Some of it's unique to each. So just subscribe to both. Follow us on social media. And uh, you can keep up with what we got going on. 
So here on the Wrestling Warzone, we re, uh, review and dive more than a review, honestly. We, d- we dive deep into uh, Raw, Nitro, pay-per-views, clashes. We do weekly by week. We started with the uh, 9, what, 9-11-95 Raw versus Nitro. And here we are on January 2nd, 1990, uh, 20th, 1997. So we've come a long way. And I think you and I both kind of discussed around Rumble 97, la- that last Raw heading into it. It's, it feels like maybe the last of like the useless Raws where yeah. every week now going forward on both programs, stuff is happening. Like, the, the, like we're in the real war now. Um, before you know it, WDF is going live head to head with WCW, like the war could become serious here at 97. Um, so we've decided to mix up the format a little bit on the show, Chad. Yeah, the uh, so the January 27th Raw is the last one hour Raw. So we'll we'll talk about this tonight's Raw, you know, a lot's going on. Then probably the 27th is kind of like a lame duck. But after that, like you said, like we're mm-hmm. off to the races, which we've talked about. Um, so we are changing the format because I think for both me and you, real time, uh, when we talked about this, but a lot of the fun and the lure of the Money Not Wars was the constant like back and forth channel switching. Um, I, I know it, it really it, it's it's weird, but like in '99 uh, when I first got online, we used to have like a big AOL chat at school. And that was a big thing where we'd be like, oh, okay, hey, look at this. Um, so-and-so's coming out on Nitro or so-and-so's coming out on Raw. Like, let's let's all hone in on that. Um, so what we're going to try to do is uh, go back and forth. So we have the format before has been we review one show and then we do the other show. But now we're going to mix uh, kind of real time. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to break it down into segments. Um to start and we'll see how it goes this is a test run so be easy on us but uh we don't want to make it too confusing and scatterbrained but we do hope we can kind of inject some of the excitement um and this is really a good show to do it because Mm -hmm. i i don't i don't think we've had a uh two segments kind of go head to head with each other yeah yeah. or as exciting at the same time no, definitely not. And not live like this, you know, like we've, I, know, I was trying to think back to like the, when Undertaker, Sean and Diesel got beaten down by the heels. Like if that was up against anything hot on Nitro, I don't remember, but yeah. I was trying to think of any hot raw angles. Like we haven't had a ton um, no. that would really meet the criteria. So this makes sense. And of course, so for two weeks of doing this, we'll have like an hour's worth of raw versus Nitro. And then we'll do the, the back into Nitro, but right. Um, well, actually, when do they do they even go head to head fully? Not for a while, right? Because isn't Raw eight to ten still for a yeah. bit? Yeah, uh, or is Nitro eight to ten? And Nitro's eight to ten, I think. Raw. We'll have to we'll have to look at the observers though, because I know the time and it gets. I know for a while, like Raw was nine to eleven and Nitro was eight to ten, but we'll right. we'll, we'll see when it is. But we may do um, that. That might be pretty cool too. Where then it's like. We'll do Once one hour we nitro and head to head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we'll kind of have a bridge there where it's okay. head to head, which would be interesting. We'll see how tonight goes and then we'll decide. Um, but we'll dive in. Any <laughs> uh, <laughs> any observer notes or anything before we hit? Uh, just a couple things we mentioned on the last uh, regular episode before Royal Rumble when we talked about WCW um, kind of in passing the stuff that was going on with the Nasty Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get a good bit of clarity on that, both from the Observer 
And then also the Kevin Nash 1997 timeline on kayfabe commentaries. He goes pretty deep into this, actually, uh, where he talks about that, yeah, it was a legitimate, like, they were supposed to have a brawl. Sags kind of got carried away and started throwing chairs. Um, and then uh, him and Hall really went after it. And it apparently screwed up Sags' neck. So he's legitimately injured. He's gone. I, I think this is like it. For he him. is gone. Yeah. So what Nash says was supposed to happen on the 113 Nitro at the Superdome was like they were going to publicly fire them. Oh. And it was going to be like a shoot. <laughs> so it was one of those where like he was going to bring them out. Bischoff was going to bring them out. They were going to grovel for their job. And then they were legit going to be like, let go. Um, obviously that didn't happen, but yeah, Sags, uh, this is it. And, and Nash kind of pokes fun at him. Like, you know, like he took this stand and like held out and, mm -hmm. you know, for the insurance insurance and all this. And then it was like, he never did anything else. Right. In the wrestling business, so it's like great, great, great. So, like, don't they show up in TNA as the Nasty Boys, like for a little run at some point? Yeah. Oh, well, I know Nobs is around when Hogan comes in. I don't know. Oh, no, I feel like the Nasties have like a little run or something, not for long, but like okay. I think they come back in okay. like when Hogan and Bischoff take over in 2010. I think they. I think they show up and do a little run, but but for most whatever for all intents and purposes, Sags is done. I mean, Nobs is obviously sticks around till the end of WCW for the most part. So, yeah, Nobs, uh, stalwart of the um, hardcore <laughs> yes. when we get there. Him and Finley. Um, all right, it, uh, looks like now uh, Sags was with Nobs the January fourth, twenty ten. So. Yeah. yeah. But okay. that's it's it, his cage match is wild because it goes from the one four house show one four ninety seven house show to the next thing he does is that uh, XWL in late two thousand one the uh, the tape ill fated that uh, Hogan before yeah. he left the WWE Hogan versus uh, Perfect or whatever yeah uh, all right so we want to start with Raw for the first uh, segment here yes okay. Start with Raw. All right, so January 20th, uh, we got Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry the King Lawler hyping some Royal Rumble clips. They got coverage from a local San Antonio newspaper playing up the success and homecoming of Shawn Michaels to regain the WF title in the chaos. <coughs> Excuse me, the end of the Royal Rumble match. Gorilla Monsoon is here tonight to clarify who will face Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. We get our opening animation. Then Vince, Jerry, and the King welcome us to Beaumont, Texas. The crowd is hyped. We get a lot of pyro. They discuss more about Gorilla in tonight's main event. Vince says that Psycho Sid suffered a slight concussion. <laughs> this is a slight one. Uh, and is out till Wednesday. Brett storms to the ring in his street clothes and has something to say directly to Vince. He said when he decided to come back, Vince promised him the opportunity to fight for the WF title. Vince put him in the ring with Austin and said if he won, he'd be top contender. And now it's convenient that for some stupid reason, Shawn Michaels has put a ringside during his title match against Psycho Sid. And that he doesn't believe that was a coincidence. Sean cost him another match. <laughs> Brett says he was told it's okay. Just go win the Royal Rumble and get another chance. So he answered. He clearly won and deserves the title shot for WrestleMania and wants to know where it is. Vince kind of keeps looking up, up at him pensively. Brett says he's been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy, screwed by Steve Austin, screwed by the WWF, and screwed by Vince McMahon. Vince is up and pacing now. Brett says he doesn't want to make idle threats. And he doesn't want to look like it doesn't look like he's getting that title shot. So instead, I quit. 
quits the promotion and leaves out through the crowd. Vince tries to calm him down. Brett walks away. We get, we want Brett chance. As soon as Brett's gone, out comes Steve Austin. The mic's not working. We hear some talk from the truck, your favorite WF tech issues. Uh, Vince apologizes as Austin gets a new mic. He's fired up. Austin says, Brett can bellyache and complain with the best of them. And all he's done is crying. He's coming back. He sits and talks about everyone screwed him. But the bottom line, when the going gets tough, the hearts get going. Back home. Brett can go back to Canada because the only person he can beat is his wrinkled up old man in the basement. And Austin's been jerked around for seven years. He's supposed to face Sid tonight, but a 350-pound buffoon calls himself Gorilla Monsoon says Sid is home with a concussion. Sid may have a concussion and an ice pack, but he also has a yellow stripe up his back. And, and he has a bunch of bananas for Monsoon. He's going to tell him where to stick them. They can bring Undertaker's dead ass out instead. And he'll throw him out of the ring just like he did last night. Vince leaves and walks to the back. Jerry Lawler's cackling. Uh, as Austin leaves as well. So, I mean, this was like a fire start. I, I would say since we started Raw, like, I mean, is this the best segment we've seen? Like, it's up there, right? I would I would definitely put it... Uh, I mean, this whole Raw, I, I like. Yeah. I, I think this segment, depending where you land on the um, Austin-Pillman the gun. invasion, yeah. but as far as a, like, in-arena mm-hmm. uh, excitement level... And then really from a, I would say from like a major league standpoint too, because now you have, I mean, we talked about like the crowd connection with Michaels and he gets a good reception, but there was just like an electricity here and you had like Brett and Austin and back to back um, with Vince like there in his blue blazer still um, getting talked down to. Yeah. Yeah. Ross is there in the cowboy hat, like there too, and Lawler's loving it. Like yep. he's going nuts, like happy that Brett's quit and and yelling at McMahon. He, he, I think when McMahon walks off, he says, "Like this is the greatest night ever." <laughs> or Brett quit, McMahon's walking away. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a great like vitriol that. Brett was showing in his promo just great fire. He's fed up, and you can see it. You can see it like bubbling and bubbling. Mm-hmm. And with the way it worked, like I mean, it 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 really works well. Where he has a legitimate case, um, with the way everything's happened, and it, and him talking about Michaels. I think that was an interesting piece, and I think that <clears throat> does show that, um, uh. We had the comment nice enough on the YouTube page that said, like, you know, the still the plan was for the ladder match or whatever, mm-hmm. Brett versus Sean at WrestleMania. 13, yeah. And that plays here. Um, this is one of my favorite. Like, you know, you have the Brett Usos uh, when he says, Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. The way the boy, says, toy. boy toy. This is an uh, early version of everyone screwed yes. him, too, because the more famous one is in March. Yes. Um, but here we get the, you know, I've been screwed by Psycho Sid. I've been screwed by Vince McMahon. Um, so he does that later in a more grandiose manner uh, in a few months. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't know if this is the one where he said, like, straight up, like, you know, this is bullshit or what. But no. That's so later. That's the one in. The first yeah. one. Yeah. That's the, I think it's the Go Home to Mania uh, is that one. So Okay. So we'll look out for that. But then, yeah, when, when he leaves and Austin comes out. Microphone doesn't work, and he yells at the guys like, "You gonna give me a working microphone, or what? To kick your ass!" Like, it's great. Like, this is just a great, frantic, uh, incredible segment. I mean, I mean, we have went through so many boring (laughs) 
just like even the good stuff like even the stuff that you would say like was solid like i really looked through our grades and looked at some of the raws and um you know like like the build to wrestlemania 12 it wasn't it wasn't bad but you know it, it was very traditional you know with the training montages the face to face contract signing stuff like that like this yeah. this feels electric like this feels like something that can go head to head with the nwo and they haven't had anything like that so great. maybe like i don't know, like mankind i guess um yeah i mean i think they've had cool um characters but i still don't think um I, I just still don't. Well, think just the attack can. on Taker, the debut. I meant like felt yeah, kind of wild, I mean, but that not was like nice. This, yeah. But this is the closest I, the NWO we've had. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, the, with the chaos and I yeah. guess and the gun and the gun and the that. I mean, that felt chaotic too. But to your point, in the arena, um, I mean, it it just sets us up for Brett and Austin being the catalyst and drivers of what's going to be like amazing content on right. Raw for the rest of the year. Um, and and this is it shows here that they're two super compelling characters and. You know, Sean will get there. Like he's not really the most compelling guy right now, as we know, but it's coming as well for him. So, and it just—I mean—they're still having this Brett versus Austin dynamic. It's—it's it's interesting if they would have went with the ladder match. Like, when would this have been resolved? Like, what was their right. plan for that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, could it have been Revenge of the Taker anyway? I mean, because they maybe. fight there, so maybe that was the yeah. plan. Or maybe they were going to try and build us a SummerSlam. I mean, who knows? Like, yeah. or King of the Ring, maybe. Um, right. You know, that they had mapped out. But, again, I'd have to like, – I, I got to go back at some point and listen to Kevin Kelly's um, interview on PTV that we did for each of these years. Like, I don't know if we talked about when we did 97 what the plan would have been and where they would have went with it. I don't recall. But, uh, but at this point, too, they weren't really booking it, like, as much ahead. I think they were kind of trying to – book on the fly a little bit more with the yeah. live switch. And maybe they didn't really have much of a plan beyond mania quite yet either. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So why don't we head over to the open and nitro now that went up against this? Yeah. So that, that uh, is about a 10 minute segment. Mm-hmm. If you pull it up on the network, same exact time when nitro starts, we get a cold open. It goes straight to the arena pyro. Tony leading us in says they're at the United center, huge crowd. And then right after the pyro, we see Randy Savage jump the rail. So the crowd buzzes to that. Randy Savage comes out. He's uh, in black with white lettering. So uh, a new attire, kind of all black. Uh, Tony mentions we hadn't seen him since Halloween Havoc. He grabs a chair, throws it into the ring. um, And then he gives his promo where he says, here's the deal. I've been blackballed and I'm not leaving here tonight until i talk to someone that's got some major stroke nitro's a two-hour show i got no plans i plan to stay here all night and one other thing i got a message for my ex-boss eric bischoff you can kiss my ass which of course gets a huge pop there uh some edge being shown on nitro side larry of course is like i don't know if we can say that on tv <laughs> oh no like, says, well, that's come and gone so there you go uh, and then savage sits down in the middle of the ring on the chair to big cheers so he basically does a sit in here um and you have another another frantic scene where you know, Savage is just sitting there. Tony's filling the air, saying, like, he doesn't know what's going to happen next. 
is there any executive committee members in attendance? You know, what's going to happen? Finally, after about like a minute or two, Chavo Guerrero's music starts up. <laughs> he makes his entrance. Looking uh, very confused. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be him versus Max. Uh, <laughs> Craig, it's Craig. a classic WCW thing where like these guys you never see all, all just happen to maybe have a match on a night where it's going to get interrupted. You know, yeah, like like I Steve mean, Dahl. Now we got Max. Like <clears throat> you know, they roll out these guys. Like we're, Max has never had a match on Nitro. I don't think maybe World War Three is the only time. Uh, yeah, we we have. I was I was hoping. I was trying to see when the last time we saw Max. Max's last night or uh, last match on Nitro. Do you want to guess what it was? No, I, I mean it had to be like ninety-five sometime, probably. It's ninety-six. It's the Scott Hall. Oh, is it that same one? The last time we saw Max on Nitro, um, and we only see him one more time. He he faces Diamond Dallas Page in like a, a month and a half. But yeah, so Chavo comes out. Um, he kind of uh, Craig Leathers sends word to Tony <laughs> that they're trying to start the matchup. Uh, Larry says that he does like a man with grit, talking about Savage. Uh, Chavo's in the ring, like you said, looking very confused, talking to Savage. He's asking him to leave, and then he kind of progressively gets more annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry says, you know, Chavo should talk to the referee. You know, he's the one that's letting this continue. So so Larry's kind of instigating that. I love that Larry's still shook by the A word, too. Like, he keeps yeah. saying it. You know what I mean? oh, yeah. Like, he's, it's really bugged him. Yeah, he said he literally says like he's already said the a word <laughs> at one point. Um, so uh, Larry keeps asking who has the stroke around here. Tony says, "Well, now he has uh, learned there is some members of the executive committee that are in attendance." Uh, and Larry says, "So you got five guys in suits running around in mass pandemonium back there." Um, and then Savage kind of stands up to Chavo, attacks him to a pop. Throws him over the top rope. Chavo takes a nice bump off that. He goes flying. Um, that gets a big pop from the crowd. Savage six but sits back down in the chair. And here comes Max. Max makes his entrance now. Uh, he talks to him and gets hit. like, what could Max be saying to the Macho Man? Like, like, listen, buddy, this is my big chance. Like, he's like trying to rationalize with him. Like, like Savage had no clue who the fuck this guy even is. No, so. yeah. Yeah, so uh, Tony says he's at wit's end. Savage threatened to use the chair on Max that was really going to beat him up. And then Savage starts slapping uh, Scott Dickerson, the referee, throws him over the top rope. Uh, Larry mentions that he's been hanging around Dennis Rodman too much. Doug Dillinger gets in the ring. He, Dennis he Dillinger. Has, boy, he has a rough night. We'll get to mm-hmm. him, but he, uh, he gets... <laughs> killed in this night but he gets shoved down alex wright comes in he gets punched and kicked out tony says the cops should be coming soon um and then we have kind of the members of the roster that come down to the aisleway so you have the steiners and uh one of my favorite moments was you have the steiners and the amazing french canadians (laughs) and jock is like at the front of the line and he's just yelling hey we got a show to do get out of of there we got an important show (laughs) yeah so he's he's yelling at that um and then in the middle of all this we get uh, an amazing visual Mm -hmm. where sting just starts rappelling down from the arena uh, from the first time. So we've seen him in the rafters kind of physically like walk down, climb down. 
this is a straight repel. Um, you know, with though and hard stuff, it's it is what it is, but like as a visual on this night, it was um it was really cool to see. And you can see like I mean it it's a um it's a very thin like repel because he just slides down, unhooks, and then he's walking to the ring. Um, scary in retrospect. It's it's scary. It's very scary in retrospect, but it, it does look awesome, I will mm-hmm. say. And especially when he's like aligned with the Chicago Bulls championship banner. That's like one thing I'll always remember, like him coming down over the banner. Yeah. Um, so he gets in the ring. Uh, Larry says he's with the NWO and he doesn't care what anybody else says. So, of course, um, Stink points the bat at Savage. Savage is sitting down again at this point. Sting kind of slaps the bat on the chair, and then Sting puts the bat at Savage's throat. That makes Savage stand up. Sting sort of gives him the shove with the bat, and then he hands the bat to Savage and turns around, giving his back to Savage to, you know, do whatever. Savage doesn't attack Sting with the bat. He throws it back to Sting, and Sting catches it, which mm-hmm. looked really cool too. Like that could have—that was a little nerve-wracking. Where if he drops it, that could right. look a little lame. But he does a cool catch, um, and then they walk out together. So, and I mean, as we talked about with Raw, or uh, this isn't as uncommon that we get a crazy scene on Nitro, right. but this was another great segment that was frantic you know we hadn't seen savage in two and a half months so Mm -hmm. that was exciting it continued this stuff with sting there was a lot of intrigue on you know are they teaming up are they nwo are they you know what's going on and tony i thought was a really good narrator throughout all this where even at the end um right as they go to commercial break he says what the hell's going on so he like really leads it there we need Um, more info from craig leathers yes so uh so I give this one a thumbs up too, just like with Raw and um, a great segment. It's a lot of good mystery too, because like we've been waiting for Savage to come back. There's been a lot of talk of him lately by Bischoff more and more, mm. <clears throat> right? About oh, Savage is trying yes. to get in, trying to call back, and trying to get his job, like this and that. And yeah. he's been shitting on him. So like we were due for Savage to return. Uh, we had a little, you know, contract stuff around November where we thought maybe he was going to show up at Survivor Series, and didn't. Um, so why not do it here on the Chicago Nitro? And it shows you the one thing I will say with Nitro in WCW that they did or slash didn't do that WDF always did. They never seemed to put much stock in the go home night after. I, maybe it's just my hazy memory and I'm not remembering correctly, but I feel like Raw has way more memorable go home and night after. And WCW tended to not care as much when they rolled out their big angles, like, like yeah. you could argue they should have maybe saved this for the night after sold out to kick off the stretch of Super Bowl. But I think what meant more to them was it's the kind of programming the night after the rumble, which is a live raw and being in Chicago in a big building um, to really kick things off, like in a, in a strong manner. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I hadn't really thought about that, but um, they haven't been, I guess as, as a uh, calendar focus, mm-hmm. just because they're live every week, I think right. that helps. But um, well, we'll see if WDF follows that though, too, as they go live. I still think they have a focus on like 
the night after. Although I do think they soup up the other weeks too, so may, maybe not as much. But um, so we'll see. I mean, this is you could argue this is a big go home, right, for them. So maybe maybe I'm wrong um, with the clash in the way. But this is a, a big moment. It's a memorable moment. We'll see where Savage and Sting end up. As of right now, it looks like they'll be free agents and working together against both the NWO and, and WCW. So red hot angle, and it's a strong start to um, this Monday night for sure. Like if you're watching on this where I was freezing January night, uh, you were probably like, oh, shit. Probably Martin Luther King Day, I'm guessing. Um, maybe. Yeah, I would I would think so, which is also interesting. Yeah, because, you, you know, most people are out of school or um... – most people all fork or whatnot too. Yep. The 97 was uh yeah, January 20th. So, yeah. all right, let's head back over to raw uh, as we go back and forth here. So Jim Ross is talking about the huge crowd in San Antonio, 60,525 brings us to our first match of the night. And that is the British Bulldog and Owen Hart versus Doug Furness and Phil LaFon. After the break, we reset Bulldog and Owen are in the ring. Uh, Vince is still gone. Clarence Mason is there. King and Ross catch us up. They hype up the rest of the show and what history we're seeing tonight with Bret Hart's actions. We get stills of Owen eliminating the Bulldog last night. Ross says this is non-title and hypes up Furnace and Lafon. Lafon tosses Owen around, works him on the mat to get things going. Furnace comes in. It's a nice drop kick for two, throws Owen around. Ross is in full straight man mode here. Like The heel gimmick, I think, is finally done. The acerbic JR, even when he's not a full heel, that seems to be done. I think we're just in full-on, like, classic play-by-play, um, you know, info dump JR. So, he's back. Uh, Owen gets a heel kick, tags Bulldog. King says it happens a lot in sports, or a bad call stands. And Ross says, yes, it could happen. Furnace gets two on a Rana. Bulldog bails to regroup. Ross says Taker has been fined his whole purse from last night for choke signing a referee. The champs start to cheat and double up as LaFon comes back into a flurry of the leg grapevine. King is still giddy about Brett quitting. Furnace and LaFon are in full control. Owen gets a blind tag. It's a missile drop kick. During the break, we get a hard sell for the Royal Encore at 8 p.m. We come back. The champs are in control. Ross hypes LaFemme Nikita and says, see Nikita in the ring with that wimpy Robin Hood. And he says, there'll be no bait and switch tonight. We're going to have two episodes of Nikita after Raw. So pretty uh, good shots fired here from JR. Uh, taking a dump on the Robin Hood stuff yet again, two weeks in a row. Furnace gets a double clothesline. He can't tag. JR is locked in here, bringing a much more manic vibe and energy to the show with his style. Furnace gets a crossbody for two. Owen nails him with an enziguri for two. Ross types up the big house show in Dallas this Wednesday. Says it'll be the return of Sid. We get MSG on Saturday. We got Philly on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, the champions are in control. LaFon gets a tag, cuts through the champs with a flurry. Furnace comes in, hits a shoulder block on Owen, knocks him to the floor, but Owen hits LaFon with a slammy, and Bulldog finishes with a power slam. So I think that's a pretty good match. It's kind of the one we've been waiting for, Chad, where they, where they all went in stuff on Raw to start the show. Just four dudes wrestling at a good pace and a clean style. Uh, I like Bulldog and Owen gutting it out. Uh, they get back on the same page just enough to cheat to win. Furnace and LaFon get hosed, so they have a reason for a rematch. And it's just good to see the tag division on track. Like, okay, we, we got some juice a little bit here. We talked about how this probably could have been at the Rumble. I think I think we could have used it there versus what we got on some of the other cards. So I'll, I think we'll stick to that point. Um, I was surprised for us the fun lost, given it was non-title, but I kind of like that. It was made a different. You just non-title, you assume they're going to win and get the title shot. But no, they get screwed and Bulldog and Owen still steal the win. So I was okay with that too. Uh, I went three stars. So that was a very good over. Three stars for me too. Um, yeah, it was a good match, good solid match. Went through a commercial break, and um, you know, I, I wouldn't say like an amazing reaction, 
for anybody in there, but um, good enough. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, Furnace and Lafon again, like it's it, they're they're interesting. Like the, I think this was the most they were able to like go with two guys to work. So from that standpoint, it was the most impressive, but still doesn't look like they have much like crowd support or connection with them. The crazy thing is, we're almost like done with their like, yeah I think they're gone like a little after mania they get in the car accident for a while right they pop um, in and out but they're in ecw for most of 97 like doing the wf war down there the uh I, I thought owen was really good tonight um especially once furnace gets the hot tag in and he mm-hmm. gives owen that shoulder block you mentioned that was a great bump like yeah. uh, owen flips completely out of the ring um in between like the bottom and middle rope from that shoulder block it was just he uh, really got over the power of furnace I, I i did actually think furnace looked better than lafon mm-hmm. on the um on their side of things and i would i would probably lean crawford lafon as a higher ceiling worker overall so so that was a little bit of a reverse for tonight where Furnace was better. Um, but yeah, the finish was fun too with the slammy into the Bulldog Power Slam. I mean, we talked about Bulldog. I mean, Bulldog's pretty big and he, he's bizarre. He's in the uh, uh, throughout 1997. So they're wanting him to pick up wins. Um, he's probably not going to be taking too many losses. Uh, well, we're assuming he's still on track for Austin at Mania. Yeah. I mean, at this yeah. point, we not, no so that's, reason not to that, that's our assumption. So. You wouldn't expect him to take the pin. I guess Owen could have ate the pin, but um, with them showing the clip from the Rumble, too, they're still kind of playing up, too. Like, is there any dissension between them two? So so I, I like this. I mean, this wasn't like a slam dunk. Like, we're still waiting on that, like, amazing Raw match that we right. haven't gotten yet. Like, that's like a three and a half and above. But, um. This was very good. I mean, this this is as good as really most matches we've gotten. On, I mean, this is in the upper echelon of stuff we gotten on Raw, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, three stars. All right. So let's go back over to Nitro now. Uh, yeah, just uh, they they show, like, the Michaels entrance as they had to break from Rumble. Um, so that, that ends that segment on Raw. And we go back to Nitro. We get some clips of... Uh, Masahiro Chono joining the NWO. Speak uh, English, and, damn it! <laughs> it was, that was like a month ago, which was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it felt more recent, but they showed the date. It was, I think, it was the December sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. over a month. Um, and that leads us into our first match, which is Chris Jericho versus Alex Wright. There was um a couple of observer notes that were funny, travel related. Uh, so, uh, Chris Jericho was supposed to face psychosis here. I know, uh, later on in the show, Bischoff says psychosis gets subbed out for somebody else, but, right. uh, it was supposed to be Jericho here. Psychosis had some travel issues. Um, so Alex Wright gets plugged in here. Um, very quick, mm-hmm. basic match. Um, some basic chain wrestling. Tony talks about the Bischoff interview on WCW Saturday night where he said, like, he wouldn't uh, give Savage a contract and he would never wrestle in WCW. So he thinks that's why, like, Savage is all fired up and called Bischoff out. Um, Tony says they're going to show that later, so I like that, too. One, that makes 
stuff that's important still happen on WCW Saturday night. And two, you know, if you missed it, we still get to see it. Uh, but yeah, as far as the match itself, some the ending is a lot of reversals. Uh, Jericho gets a forward roll and ends up winning. So, you know, star and a half, I don't, I don't think there's anything big here. Uh, just Jericho keeps rolling. He's facing Chono at the pay-per-view, so that's well and good. And every time we see Alex Wright, I always enjoy that. So it was what it was for a two-minute match. I've been blackballed. Blackballed. Uh yeah, I, I it was a little disappointing um because like this feels like it's something that could have been good uh, on paper like I'm a big Alex Wright fan um so I think like this could have really been something with these guys here they don't get the time and it wasn't even scheduled anyway so is yeah. what it is uh Reese were the crowd really wasn't into it either chant boring so whatever um Jericho is really just to give him a clean one <coughs> set up set up for Chono on Saturday against. Right. Uh, the NWO sold out. So star and a half for me. Okay. Uh, this is also uh, somebody's asleep at the wheel on Peacock because uh, this does have Jericho's old music when he went. Oh, yeah. One snuck in. <laughs> Somebody snuck that one in. Uh, because that match is so short uh, in the time that Furnace LaFon versus Owen and Bulldog was happening, we also get the next match, which is Scotty Riggs versus NWO Sting. Um, NWO Sting gets the uh, B theme music. <laughs> yeah, I, that made me laugh. Yeah, that's gonna be fun to track. Like, who oh, gets yeah. the A music? Who gets the B? Because we're just probably wait gonna... until uh, sold out. I think I think almost like everyone gets it except for the big dogs. Yeah, yeah. I I would say like um... I don't know. Like, we'll have to see who we think the biggest name is to get the B music. Probably yeah. Buff, but um, well, that that's no. I think there's someone in sold out. I'm trying to remember now because I, I watched it. Um, six this, would be one. Yeah, I it might be six. Yeah. I think six okay. uses it sold out. So I think okay. that surprised me that he used it. So yeah. So uh, definitely be 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 music for NWO's theme though. Uh, Tony's pushing Flair and Mongo. Uh, his return to Chicago. He says that's going to happen in the first hour. Yep. So, so that's kind of, again, trying to keep you head to head, you know, here, uh, Sting yells to the crowd and gets booed. Riggs clubs him from behind, hits a back elbow and a drop kick. Uh, Larry has a very inventive new nickname. He's very excited about it. Uh, you know, he says, instead of sting, let's call him stink. Stink. (laughs) Uh, Stink hits the stun gun to uh, gain the momentum. Charging the corner, Riggs gets the boot up. Some uh, drop kicks from Riggs. A lot of drop kicks from Riggs here. Uh, So not much going on with this match at all until the end where Buff comes out. This is the first time. So he has Buff on the Mm -hmm. back of his jacket here. Um, He's calling himself Buff. And this is kind of a new moniker here. Yeah, big debut. Even Tony's like, Buff, what is that? You know, why is he calling himself Buff? Um, so he's coming, Marcus is coming out and he says, You know, I'm Buff, I'm the stuff, etc. Uh, he gets to the ringside area, Riggs hits the flying forearm, Buff charges in, and uh, Riggs is able to escape, jumps over the guardrail. Him and Buff are kind of face-to-face. He slaps Buff really quick and then scurries away. And then the full 
job squad, the NWB team comes rushing out into the ring. So we have Scott Norton, Nick Patrick, Vincent, Wall Street, Bubba. The gang's all here. And a stooge, a stooge crew. Yeah. And, and basically, they demand that David Penzer announces Stink as the uh, winner, uh, which he does. And uh, Larry's disgusted that Penzer folds and does <laughs> Um, Larry wants everyone to stand up for themselves, yeah, but he yeah. never wants to be involved. Show some grit. Um, like, come on. Like David Pinzer is going to take on, like, you know, nine wrestlers. Nine members, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as a match, it was a nothing. Riggs versus Bagwell, understand, like, how that's kind of something they had to get over the hump. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for – them to fight it sold out and that to be the end of it. So I, I want to star in a quarter for the match. It was what it was. Yeah, just a star for me. I mean, it's really nothing doing. Um, it's just about more about introducing Bagwell as buff and prepping for the you know throwdown of the American males that, that sold out. So, I mean, it's really, I like that they're doing it because it's kind of going to be Bagwell's first step up the ladder and he's going to put rigs behind him and the males behind him and then kind of seal that part of his career off. So I like that they're doing it. Um, so this is a fine opening hour throwaway segment. All right. Now we'll head back to Raw. All right. So like you mentioned, we get that clip of Sean's entrance. So we head right back to the ring as Farouk <clears throat> takes on your boy, Bart Gunn. The entire nation is out there, led by PG-13 rapping. Uh, great menacing vibe in place as the nation stomps out. Farouk is still intense with the female associate. He's kind of yanking her around as she's disrobing him. Uh, we get clips of the big power bomb. Uh, through the table from the rumble. Bart marches out, gets a little pop, and we are set. JR gets another Robin Hood joke in as Bart starts with a flurry of offense, controls the arm. After the break, Farouk is in charge. He's hammering away, gets a bit of a sloppy spine buster. JR and King recap what we've seen so far and yesterday, as well as Farouk chokes and grinds away. We get some help from PG-13. JR says he's sure Bubba likes Raw after King makes a Bill Clinton joke. Farouk is aggressive in his strikes, alternates with a chin lock as JR talks about Brett fighting through some crisis of late. Farouk goes atop of whiffs as Bart gets a brief flurry. JR says Gorilla mm-hmm. Monsoon is trying to sign Ahmed Johnson versus Crush for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart gets a bulldog, but PG-13 makes a save. Bart goes out to clean house, but Farouk clobbers him. Crush shoves him in the ring, and Farouk almost murders Bart with a dominator. Uh it's getting a little shaky for Farouk to be doing this move right now. Like, I, I think he's just a little out of shape, and he's kind of gassed when he's doing it. But he's he's almost hurt a couple of guys, and Bart really took a nasty bump. I thought as a TV match, this was fine. Bart was game as always in there. Uh, Farouk had some pep in his step tonight. The Nation at ringside adds that chaos, and JR was on fire. Like, he's added so much energy to the show. Uh, nearly an ugly finish, but the, the Nation continues to overwhelm. Uh, so I went two and a half stars in the match. And just really quickly after, the nation is leaving as Vince McMahon and Gorilla are heading to the ring. Um, so that's kind of how we wrap that segment, going to break. But what would you think of the match, Chet? I didn't like the match. <laughs> I would uh, star and a half. Um, I, Farouk is not looking great. Um, and I didn't think this was one of the more spirited Bart Gunn performances we've seen. Um, they're, they're really put over the... Uh, Pearl River Plunge mm-hmm. from the Rumble. I thought that was good uh, that they did that, but still with the nation so far, it's it's interesting, but it's it's one of those weird things where it's kind of like I need some sort of um, direction, 
you know, like like besides them eliminating Ahmed, uh, which also kind of just happened. It's like, what what is the goal here, and why is there all these people? Right. Like, like what is happening? Um, and it, you know, it feels like they're they're dancing up to the line of like saying like, you know, this is a gang and not, so there's still some of that going on as well. It's just, it's just not something that's resonated with me. And then you add to that Farouk's actual in-ring acumen. And it's, um, this, this was the only segment that was a struggle for me on the uh, raw dominator looked awful. He, um, I think he's just really out of shape. I don't know if he's injuries broken him down or if he's just like no cardio. Um, you know, he was fine at ECW in that little run, but that was, I mean, that was like 94. So it's, I don't know what he was doing over that year or so, but he, he doesn't seem to be in much ring shape at all. And I think he knows it because <clears throat> later, eventually down the line, he like gets himself into like insanely awesome shape, um, like during the Acolytes era. So I think he knew maybe, but he's definitely, I think he's bigger than he normally was and it's affecting him in the ring. Well, he's older too. I mean, you got to think too, like, I mean, he's not, ancient at this time but he's 36 so it is one of those where it's like you're not as young as you thought you were that's the football miles on it too yep so overall this wasn't like i said this was the one thing i kind of struggled with yeah all right uh ross does at the end say no one can do a pay-per-view spectacular (laughs) like the wwl which is it's pretty humorous because it's like given right. the last twelve rolling months of uh, yeah. Avery's, you've gotten beat uh, about nine times out of twelve in the last twelve months, probably. <laughs> um, back to Nitro, we have the uh, WCW Saturday Night promo. Um, not much is described. We have uh, Arn Anderson, Mongo, and Benoit in a six-man tag, and then our main event is Harlem Heat versus Public Enemy. We got a clip of Flair. And I guess a skate around for the Chicago Blackhawks there on the road in Buffalo. Um, but uh, but he's here to talk to Bob Probert. I was not familiar with him. Uh, had the Wikipedia him. He's a you know goon enforcer guy. Had a had a little bit of a legal issue and uh, passed away after. Um, at a young age, so there we go. Uh, but Bob Probert says, you know, he's going to walk with the horseman if he was in town, but, you know, he has their support, um, and that gets a woo from Flair. Now, the big thing is Larry, of course, craps on every other athlete. Um, Everyone sucks, don't forget. Only says, wrestlers. He says Larry calls him a little skinny hockey player, uh, which was humorous because he towered over Flair in the interview there. So he's probably like 6'4". Um, <clears throat> that leads us to a tag match. Uh, interesting tag match on paper. It's Arn and Mongo, baby, versus Eddie Guerrero and Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, big booze from Jarrett from the Chicago crowd. Uh, Tony talks about this is the biggest crowd to see in an event in Chicago in 1997. And it's like, all right, like it's an impressive crowd, but we're 20 days in. Like, you know, let's chill out. Um, and uh, Mongo gets a great reaction. Mm-hmm. So he, he gets a homecoming reaction. Uh, Jarrett and Orange start off. Big back elbow from Orange, uh, but he misses an elbow drop. Larry calls him a true enforcer, unlike Bob Propane. <laughs> uh, stink and propane. 
um, uh, Jared gets a crossbody coming back into the ring. Um, Eddie finds himself in the horseman's corner, but is able to fight out. And then Arn like turns and points at Mongo, asks the crowd if he wants to tag in. He does to a great reaction. And him and Eddie Guerrero, that mm-hmm. is a pairing I never thought I'd want to see. <laughs> but they have a great, like, one to two minute segment here. Yeah, it was fun. Where Mongo gets a nice charge on him. And Eddie's just like pinballing around mm-hmm. him. So he, Eddie really works well in being able to make Mongo look powerful and uh, forceful in his moves here. Um, so when he power slams Eddie up, that gets a huge reaction. And then Eddie's actually able to reverse it into an arm drag and a drop kick. Uh, but on the outside, Mongo slams him into the railing. So that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now we see some crappy WCW production. So I'll crap on them. Where all we see is like this wide angle of Eddie Guerrero running to the back. And we're like, you know, what happened? Did he... <laughs> you know, get sick, you know, you're not, you're unsure what goes on. Larry, in fact, calls him a coward for (laughs) jolting to the back. Um, We learned from Tony that six apparently had come out and was on the ladder again, teasing him like he's been doing in the last couple of weeks. Uh, So that's why Eddie goes chasing after him, but uh, we totally missed six. We don't see him at all. Right. Arn, Arn Anderson has Jeff Jarrett in the Boston Crab, and then we get our finish where Deborah throws in her sash as kind of mm-hmm. like a, a, a substitute for the towel, and uh, they count that. So I don't know why the opponent. Yeah, that's silly. It's it's a little bit of a weird finish, but um, and then Arn is like perplexed, looking at the sash. Mongo, in a great moment, grabs the sash from Arn's hands. It puts it back on Deborah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed this a lot. I mean, I didn't think this was this wasn't a very long match at all. But for the four minutes, we had a lot going on here, um, and I thought it was entertaining. And Mongo got a great reaction, so mm-hmm. that was cool. Um, so I went two and a half. Yeah, I went two. Uh, Mongo was super over the. Uh, tackle just crunching Eddie was great. The press slam, uh, like you said, Eddie really worked hard to, to put him over here in his hometown. Uh, the RN spine buster was cool. Uh, you know, the, the finish is kind of silly, doesn't make sense, it's confusing, which is, is a WCW plague. Uh, these confusing, fin- confusing finishes they tend to do. Um, but it really was more about the weekly horseman argument than a match, even though on paper, like if you get put this on clash or pay-per-view and give it like 15, like it's a really cool mix of guys. Like I think this yeah. could have been something that could have been like a little hidden gem. If they had like 15, 16 minutes for these four to really let loose um, yeah. as it is again, and keep things cooking. Um, you know, Jared's still kind of in the mix with the horsemen causing some problems. Uh, and I believe like we had talked about previously, we're nearing the end for Aaron in the ring, right? Is this one of his last? Yeah, he has a match next week, and I think that's it um, as far as what we'll see of him. So, and, unless we do Thunder in 2000. Right. right. <laughs> it's the one match. Maybe um, we'll get it. Yeah. That'll uh, be the B team. We'll find someone <laughs> to do it, and then we'll play the music. <laughs> Wrestling Warzone B team covering Thunder and SmackDown. If anyone wants, anyone's interested, let us know. Uh, then, uh, it's, uh, our weekly interview time with the horsemen as they're walking up to the interview area. Larry says that Deborah must be blind looking at 
Mongo McMichael. So that was a, a pod shot of him. Uh, and Ric Flair's here. So he gets his entrance. He comes out. He almost slips on the entrance way in a funny moment. Uh, Benoit and Woman come out too. So the gang's all here. Uh, Flair says that in the city they, we should be tearing down. He's got to tell it like it is. The nature boy is on the men. He's putting his body back together so he can be a real-life fighting horseman. Um, but when he looks at what's going on with Mongo and Deborah and Christopher and Woman, I love how he kept calling him Christopher like it was a Christopher. It sounded like uh, Tony. Um, and he says, and he looks in the eyes of the enforcer. They're not the unit they've been in the past. When he's with Arn, we take care of business before knocking the women down. Uh, Christopher, Mongo, let's be horsemen first. So this horsemen is horsemen first, man. he says. Horsemen. horsemen. Yes. <laughs> Arn, Arn says this is a man's game. <laughs> and he holds up the four fingers and says, this is the greatest thing you can ever aspire to be. The horsemen will endure as long as Flair and Anderson are a part of it. Um, then Mongo gets his, you know, fun in the sun he says chicago mongo's home i've been a super bowl champ and let me tell you one thing i'm proud to be a horseman so there he goes short and sweet from him uh deborah is miss illinois which gets some booze from the crowd <laughs> um which was funny and then she, she knows says, what it's like to be a winner yeah she knows what it takes to be a winner and what they were doing to jeff jared is not what winners do so sticking up for jeff and, uh, and then Benoit says, Mongo's a winner at football and Deborah to pageants, but they're standing with four other winners in pro wrestling. Let's keep things in perspective. Uh, and then I thought this was a good, kind of like how he did with the Halliburton the week mm -hmm. before. This is a good return serve for Mongo yeah. where he mentions, well, hey, I had Jeff Jarrett down for the count and the last time, two times you wrestled him, you didn't. Mm -hmm. So... Um, they kind of leave it as that as everybody walks off. Deborah grabs the microphone one more time and says she don't she don't want to be mean to say anything, but that woman is a big hearted lady and she has the hips to match. <laughs> of course, Gene is appalled for that. <sighs> and, uh, and uh, Larry mentions that she said Illinois, <laughs> but he says it like in a great way. Like as they're going to break, he kind of slips it in. He's like, "She said Illinois." <laughs> so um, you know, I I thought at least like here, Flair wasn't as aloof as he'd been the last couple times we. No, seen he was more focused here. Yeah, yeah he was. Where he, he wasn't Jerry Seinfeld again. He was like yeah. involved. Yeah, he didn't want to just like get drunk and party. Yeah. Um. So, so I, I enjoyed this as another horseman. Actually, the last two weeks, I've enjoyed yeah, them more. Yeah. So Yeah, no, they've been, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't remember this much horseman stuff, like, during this time period. But it's it's been dominating the airwaves. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, the Jarrett thing has been going on since, like, October. We've had zero movement. I guess that's the one critique you could have of it. Like, when did Flair, didn't he advocate for him before Halloween Havoc? Like, when he was going to fight the Giant or whatever? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, we're, we're like on three months now of kind of Jared hanging around, Deborah kind of horny for him, Flair not really doing anything about it. Like, that's the one thing I would say. I mean, but I guess it's similar to DDP. Like, it's that was the same long, slow. It's like, instead of long-term booking, what they seem to do is they put a 
like a pole in the sand down the line. And then they just like march toward it however they want to get there. So in their minds, they may be thinking, okay, we're going to solve the Jarrett thing and march it uncensored. So until then, just kill time and then figure it out as we get closer. That's how the DDP thing felt. It was like, okay, in January, we're going to have DDP, you know, spurring the NWO. So until then, we're just going to kill week by week. Like, it doesn't feel like it's mapped out. It feels more like they, they throw a peg in the sand and then kind of get there and then worry right. about it later. Uh, all right. So let's head back over to Raw. Vince McMahon brings out Gorilla Monsoon. He gets booed. Gorilla says he's upset to hear Bret Hart quit, and he hopes that he's somewhere he can hear him and accept his invitation. Gorilla says a travesty occurred in the Royal Rumble. Steve Austin was declared winner, and he can't change that. Referee's decisions are final. The record books will state that Steve Austin won the 1997 Royal Rumble, but if Austin thinks a tainted victory entitles him at a crack at the world title at WrestleMania 13, he's got another thing coming. Gorilla's put together a four-man elimination, no disqualification match, and the winner will face the champion at WrestleMania. The four men in the match are The Undertaker, Vader, Steve Austin, and Bret Hart, meaning it's Steve Austin and all the guys he illegally eliminated from the match. He hopes that Bret will accept this offer, and uh, we find out the King is not happy. He's pissed off at ringside. Ross confirms, I mean, uh, yeah, Ross confirms that that match will happen February 16th at In Your House in Chattanooga. Austin comes out to the ring. He says, Bret Hart quit, so that match isn't going to happen. He says, before Gorilla yanks out his carpet, there's no instant replay rule. And he sits there and calls himself a Gorilla, but all he does is hee-haw like a jackass. There's no way Austin should be in the match. He threw 29 pieces of trash out of the ring, but he'll do it if he has to. And when he finishes those guys, he'll throw Gorilla around as well. Austin gets a Gorilla's face. Vince steps between them. Bret Hart is back through the crowd. He gets a pop gets in the ring and accepts the offer. He wants to fight right now, and him and Austin have a big brawl in the aisle uh, to wrap another great segment. I mean, they're figuring it all out here. The studs are driving the ship. They're like, we got Brett, we got Austin. Just let them go do their thing. Uh, I thought Austin was awesome here, just shit-talking Gorilla. Gorilla's great in this role because he can speak so, like, like clearly and concisely and explain the storyline, right? He's been doing it for years as, as an announcer. Um, so, like, that part of it is really well done. He gets everything across clearly. It makes sense. You know, Brett comes right back. You know, the, the only thing I thought was a little weak, I don't know if it's weak, but, like, Austin going from, like, I'm not doing it. I shouldn't have to do it, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> like, like that was, like, a quick, I know what he was trying to do, but it almost came off as, like, kind of weird. Um, but I know they were trying to just rush, not rush through it, but get through it. Uh, but it's great when it calls him a jackass and everything was great. So I, and this is another, you know, these two bookend segments about Brett with Brett and Austin have really uh, dominated this raw and, and they've both been great. Yeah. The, um, the gorilla interview was good. Cause he had like authority. Um, and then Vince was right there with him kind of leading him along. Uh, I did like Austin yelling at him and I like the way they did that from a visual standpoint where gorilla was on the floor, so like Austin was in the ring, standing over him, and um, and Vince was kind of like retreating back to the announce booth too. So like, so like it it again showed like the chaos and that the uh, show's format was kind of in complete disarray. Um, but yeah, overall it was exciting and to have a uh, a, a big main event for the next pay per view. It's Good sounding main event too. So another good segment there. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Uh, while that was going on, we get the WCW Saturday Night Eric segment. So this is uh, the old school. You know, the preceding announcement has been paid for by the uh, 
New World Order, black and white, in the studio, Eric Bischoff segment. Uh, it's filmed by Elizabeth. She has a camcorder um, that she's filming. And Eric is laying on a Harley Davidson. Uh, he says, it's not easy being king. Two of the most powerful organizations in the world of wrestling, the NWO and WCW, which I thought was a funny line. Uh, he sees what's happening in our industry. Uh, Hall and Nash have been devastating to everyone. Hulk Hogan's his personal hero. He actually bought him this bike that he's sitting on. Um, and then he asks Elizabeth, he's like, come a little closer, come a little closer to CN. Um, and then he talks about Ric Flair. He says it's been emotionally tough seeing him trying to mend his broken carcass. Uh, then he throws it on to Piper. He says he tried to tell Roddy Piper to, you know, go back to his farm in Oregon, but he didn't listen. He fakes crying. And he says, when you are the king, you pick who you ride with. He knows what Randy Savage wants most, Elizabeth, and his hair. He cracks up about that. <laughs> he talks about how careers have come and gone, and it's the ability that to manipulate people that he enjoys. And he asks Elizabeth if she'll agree to that. Um, and then he says the NWO will go on always because it's for life. So, I mean, I thought Eric was a pretty good sleazeball here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he goes through everybody, so he really runs the gambit of, you know, Flair, Piper. He says Flair's trying to come back, but it's over for him. No chance. He's done. And his uh, broken carcass, so it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot to, uh, go through, but, but I thought this was a, I thought this was a good segment too. Like I, I thought Eric is slimy and the way he was wanting to be presented, he was here. Like this is, right. we talked about cool NWO and then you have heel NWO with Hogan and Eric. And this is firmly that like, this is slime ball NWO. Yeah. And he, you know, the King stuff is like, you know, it's a little heavy handed, but it's fine. Like, I think that's going to be a little thing for a bit. I, I don't know if that's a shot at Lawler or not. Probably not. Maybe, maybe a little one, uh, because he does say it quite a bit. I think of the weeks to come, um, calling Giant a big idiot, and the 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 yeah. most important piece of this isn't what he's saying; it's the presentation and how different and cutting edge and unique it looks. Like that to me is what really stands out about it, um, and the way they go about it. So I, I really like that. It feels different. It feels fresh. It feels awesome to watch like this different presentation on the wrestling program. So different approach to usual Bischoff. He's more control and confident. He's not as grandiose and over the top. He's still kind of funny and chuckling a bit, but he's not as like, you know, way over the top. So, uh, but no, it was a good segment for sure. And uh, a way to nearly wrap our one. We're almost at the end there, but we are going to wrap raw here with our final segment. So we get an ad for full metal, the album. And then we head to our main event, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker. After a break, Hart is being kept at bay by officials while Austin stalks the ring. Taker stalks out, and now him and Brett throw down in the aisle. There's chaos. Hart jumps Taker, but Taker fights him off and batters him on our ringside. The crowd is buzzing. Back of the ring, the bell sounds, and Austin stomps away, but Taker fights right through it. He's beating on him. Vince says Taker's ribs are hurting from hitting the guardrail last night, but he's on fire in the ring. Austin fights back and uses his usual tenacious attack. He cranks a chin lock as King keeps trying to shout out to him the work to in- the injured ribs. Taker hits a mule kick, but he turns into a stunner, but Austin can't capitalize, and it's still weird. Like, the stunner's been around 
out since like May, and it's still not that lethal finish yet. Like it's it usually finishes, yeah. but it's to see it almost as like oh we just can't take advantage, right? Um, right. so not quite there. Vader and Brett are having a pull apart backstage. The wrestlers are separating them. Uh, one, I don't know if you caught this, but was one of these guys Pitbull too? I don't know if you saw it. It looked. Like that. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I know who you're talking about. I didn't know. I was. I know. I was like, who is this? Might have been. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you would have been maybe a tryout where the pitbulls having like a tryout or something on a dark maybe. match, something like that. Uh, I'm trying to remember in '97 where they were. That was during. Was that during the like? Pitbull ones, yeah, because isn't the first pay per view yeah. is April, right? And that's yeah. Pitbull two versus Douglas. Douglas, yep. So maybe they could have been doing something. It looked just like him. I, I thought it was him for sure. Um, well, but anyway, see if uh, Meltzer why you finish. I'll yeah, see, see if he Meltzer. or check their maybe their wiki. Yes, I don't know, but it, it definitely looked just like him. Uh, after the break, Austin's in control. He hypes uh, uh, Vince hypes this weekend shotgun in New York City. Undertaker crotches Austin on top, tries a superplex. Austin pelts the ribs. JR hypes Lafemme Nikita, takes another shot at Robin Hood. <laughs> he just really does not like the Robin Hood thing. Uh, Taker gets a running clothesline. Vader and Paul Barra come out, and that draws the DQ. Taker nails him with a choke slam. Austin jumps Taker. Brett's out, and all four throw down as the crowd is hyped. Vince clearly states Brett is still in the WF as Taker hits a tight back suplex on Vader, and we get a long brawl to sign things off. Uh, I thought this was fine overall. I would hope for something a little hotter, uh, but it had the TV format. We get the fans home happy, set the table for in your house. We saw Taker expand his offense. Ross really pushing Taker's attitude. Uh, the finish was fine. It adds heat to final four, ending with all the studs brawling. And that's what the show was based on all night. Uh, what I thought was interesting is we had no Shawn Michaels at all in the building here tonight. Uh, after winning the world title in his hometown and staying in Texas, I guess if he's sick still, but you'd think he'd at least come out and, and do something. Um, but overall, I think this is a top tier outing across raw energy and excitement is there and a really good follow up to the pay-per-view with two and a half on the match itself, but I enjoyed it as a segment. Yeah, they, um, I still, this is such an interesting pairing. Like we've had a couple of matches on raw already. I think I remember liking them a little bit more. This I thought would be an intense brawl. Um, just based on what we saw Taker have with Vader the night before and the fact that like Austin and Brett were really going after it, but it was, it wasn't that like, I mean, it was, it was fine for what it was. I went two and a half two, or two and three quarters. Actually, I was a little bit higher than you, but, um, but still like, I, I, I kind of thought like, okay, we may have like a really hot, like heated brawl between these two and we didn't. Um, but it was, it was more about, um, the after effect where you had, you know, Vader come out and then Austin and Brett really like fighting in the aisle way. And that, that was, that was dynamic. So that, that was a really good way to close us out. And it wasn't much about the match itself, which is funny considering who it is like a year from now, you know, like this is main event of their second mm-hmm. or third biggest show. But, um, and even, even in a few months at main events, um, a B pay-per-view, but, but as, as for this show, this was kind of like a vehicle for them to have the ending schmoz with all the uh, final four members brawling with each other um, to end a very chaotic scene. Yeah. I Googled too. I don't see anything about the pitbulls getting a tryout. Maybe he was just, uh, a, I mean, it looked just like him. If it's not him, there's a guy out there <laughs> that looks like him quite a bit, but yeah. Um, 
Do you want to do the raw awards? Or you want to do all the awards at the end? Uh, we can go ahead and do the raw awards. Okay. Get those out of the way. All right. So, uh, match of the night, I had the opener. Yep. Lafon, Bulldog, and Owen. The moment I just, I don't know. I went with Brett quits and returns. I guess it's just, it's like all that shit. It's, <laughs> it's hard to narrow down, but yeah. I mean, my favorite thing was the uh, the opening ten minutes. So I yeah, went with yeah. that. Uh, MVPs. I, I just give Hart and Austin co MVP. I mean, they were equally as great on this night. It was hard you to pick. You gonna be copping out and doing that all year? Oh my god, they're both so good. All right, if I have to pick, I would pick Austin tonight. Only because I liked the shitting on Gorilla. Um was really funny and him and I just thought he had the sharper one liners like when the heart with the tough get going, the hearts get going back home. Like that I I love that line. That's a great line. Um you know, you hee haw like a jackass, all that stuff. I went the other way. I went Brett. Brett. Right. I'm putting yeah. it in as Austin, so you can't me shit. Uh, <laughs> shots fired. I mainly went Jr. shitting on Robin Hood and the bait and switch. I mean, he did yeah. like four, four. Five that was times. the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no debuts, right? Pitbull too. Pitbull too. Uh, I, I don't know if the nation had any debuts in there, but no. I mean, D'Lo was with them, but again, not named. And right. um, you know, we'll wait. We'll wait till they actually start naming the guys before we'll. Only on. dropped angle I had is uh, heel Jr. I think it's done here for the most. Like I mean, he's just in full on play by play Jr. From here on. Did out, you mention they announced Vader? Uh, Paul Bear was Vader's manager. That's not a dropped angle, but that was a new development. They did mention that. So That's that official was... from the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final grade. I went six and a half out of ten. I mean, I think it was a very good episode. I think it's short of like the upper tier stuff, but. Um, you know, we had a really good match. We had uh, some classic segment in there, uh, sort of through line. But I think I think in ring and some of it, like still kind of pulled it down a little bit. Yeah. So like I said, I did a good bit of research. Um, this was kind of like where I think my ratings betrayed me, because I mean, for me personally, I I tried to convey and I talked about it with the Austin invasion, home invasion. That I mean, to me, is just like a wrestling show, and what I like in pro wrestling, like I like this show better. But for a rating standpoint, I am going to go 7 out of 10. But I think this is one of the stronger Raws we've seen. Like, I'd put this in the handful of those uh, strong Raws uh, throughout the year and four months we've covered so far. Like, I can't think of more than maybe, you know, four or five Raws that I would have ahead of this at this point. So, I I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was strong. Um, you know, the couple matches like i was a little down more down to take her austin i think it was her and then the Farouk match but yeah overall still very good work considering where we've been <laughs> might as well be an 11 out of 10 it was also helped i mean again we we say it like it's helped by being an hour too yes that's yeah. one thing that is helped like that that's it's gonna be interesting like <clears throat> as we as both shows get to two hours because we have had some great nitros mm-hmm. still in the two-hour format but it's it's more of a hurdle because, yeah, I mean, yeah. when you fail two hours, like, you got to be good. And you got to have stuff going on. So. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Because Raw, I mean, they go to two hours soon, and they mm-hmm. don't have the depth for a little bit. Like, no. So, like, we'll see, like, no. how they fill it. But I think they fill the time by having the stars on constantly through the show, from my memory. Right. Like, like we know WCW has been a little not as much in that realm. <laughs> um, we get more of it now with the NWOs ramping up. We see them a lot. But, um 
from my memory, we just see Austin, Brett, the Heart Foundation take like we just see them like fucking five times a night until the roster thick you know thickens up. So we'll see if that holds true. That's my memory of it anyway. All right. Um so the first hour of Nitro closes out with Ultimo Dragon versus D Malenko. This is kind of a bridge match for them as they're mm-hmm. fighting the next night on the clash. We saw it at Starcade. <coughs> um Larry gives his uh Socrates moment here where he says Napoleon had its Waterloo and the NWO will have sold out. So a very philosophical pondering thought from Larry there. Um, this was, this was again, another abbreviated match. There's, there's a lot of quick matches on Nitro tonight. This one, this one only gave about four minutes. Like it was, it was fun while it lasted, but it, you know, it was four minutes. So um, some nice pin reversals. Ultimo gets caught climbing up to the top. Um, we get a nice Rana from the top by Ultimo Dragon. Dean comes back with some aggressiveness and some viciousness. Uh, but then Ultimo's able to lock in the Lama Mahistral Cradle and get the win, uh, you know, like I said, pretty quickly, like in around four minutes. Um, I did think one strong thing on this was uh, Tony filled a lot of the time here uh, shilling the Clash, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, giving that the hard sell. And, I mean, overall, this was fun, but, um, again, it was four minutes, so not much of a ceiling. I went two and three quarters, though. I mean, for four minutes, it was very enjoyable. Yeah, Tony's really in on the, uh, you know, it being the WCW world title, not the NWO world title, and how last week was a fiasco. So we're excited for sold out. Um, I don't I, This is, I just don't get all the express line rushing on the show. Like, why not just cut a match or two and give these a little more time? Um, four minutes for Dragon Malenko feels like a why are we bothering when they're going to fight the next night. So yeah. it's fun for what we got, but they're going to fight tomorrow anyway. And now you have Dean losing clean. Like, just do something different. Like, have them brawl for once and get double DQ to set up tomorrow night. So I don't know. I only went to in a quarter. Like, it was fine. I think it just bugged me that they did it did it in a half-assed way, and then, oh, they're going to fight again tomorrow anyway. Like, this is like, so why do you even care about this match if they're going to have to fight tomorrow for the belt anyway? So I would have made this, I just would have mixed the matches up a little bit. Maybe do Alex Wright versus Malenko and Jericho versus Dry, out of something yeah. where um, they're not fighting two nights in a row for no reason. Uh, we do get the Pet Boy power pin of the week <laughs> as well. Here, so. Um yeah, I mean, I think from like a counter programming standpoint, they might could have done Sullivan's Benoit's brawl here. Right. Um, I do wonder if they kind of just hypothetically did want to throw out the cruiserweights right at the end of the hour to see how it would yeah. line up on a quarter hour uh, against like a raw main event. Um, Again, so, I'm fine with that theory. To me, the bigger issue was wasting Malenko Dragon. Yeah, I mean, I think those two guys is is tough. But um, so I mentioned Psychosis didn't have his uh, gear, or no, Psy- Psychosis wasn't there. Laparka right. made it. He's supposed to fight later on. Squire David Taylor gets subbed in for him. He didn't have his gear or his mask. It was still in transit at the airport. But again, then don't don't fill do filler for these matches just cut some and have longer matches like they could have cut those two or keep jericho right cut the whatever david taylor one and just lengthen this and lengthen that a little bit and maybe they're a little bit more to it it's just yeah i don't see the point of running these guys out for four minutes when they're gonna fight the next night anyway like it just it seemed pointless yeah i think it 
I mean, I, I'm giving a little bit of benefit of the doubt, but I do think it was more like a rating derivative to see. Yeah. Um, I guess. We'll see. And Mysterio's hurt, too, which hurts. So, there's that. And then uh, we start off with our number two. Uh, this is like the first time they've actually shown the announce booth. It's right at the beginning of our number two. So, Tony's wearing a Chicago Blackhawks jersey. I think it may have been Chelios. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> he, he looked kind of funny. Big weasel chant for Bobby. Uh, they recap the Savage stuff from the first hour with, mm-hmm. um, you know, some narration where Tanae says in the 60s sit-ins were in vogue. Uh, Bobby mentions that Sting never says a word to him. Do you have anything else to add on that? Just no, to- just a, a recap, really. Okay. And the, then- the sweet Blackhawks jersey. Clark Griswold to be proud. Yes. So then we get our uh, now. This is a match that probably could have cut. So we get no shock. Need, we needed to get this match in. <laughs> this, we this, got a show to do. This I don't get the bit of a doubt. This is weird. So it's Jock Rougeau versus uh, Stephen Regal. Now Jock calls Illinois a bunch of hillbillies, which Illinois. I thought was uh, a little odd. I wouldn't associate the state of Illinois who's having a lot of hillbillies, but okay. Uh, Tony laughs at Jock, no knowing the words to Canada. Um, and you know, I mentioned here, like Regal was one of the last ones in World War Three, mm-hmm. and they've kind of dropped the ball with him. Uh, like not much momentum at all since then. No, um, he's done nothing. I mean, he's TV yeah. champ, but like he's rarely on. I don't right. think he's been. He wasn't on Starcade. Um, um, now, yeah. now this is a bizarre match where Regal. I don't know if they're trying to put him baby face here. I mean, he's a baby face throughout this match. Yeah. Um, so, a you know, very quick work together. Regal fires back with some uppercuts. Uh, Parker <laughs> slugs Regal on the outside. He uh, They do this thing where, like, Parker trips Regal up one time. He goes for it again, and Regal's lies to it and stomps on Parker's hand. Yeah, that's cool. And then, and then Jock calls for interference, and Parker, you know, physically gets in the ring and ends up uh, whacking Jock, and um, <laughs> that gets the bell for like the DQ. And then Regal gives an atomic drop to Parker, and he goes flying. And Regal does. I always find like his weird like baby face like ah fired, yeah, fired up. It's always a, it's a little weird. Um, I mean, he had a decent reaction, but it was, this was just bizarre. So I went a half star. I mean, it was a two minute match. This was terrible. Um, half a star for me. It could have been fun, but again, nothing is getting settled. It's a rough night of matches. This is what I'm talking about. What I said earlier, they don't seem to value the go home the night after. Like this is our March to sold out. Like these guys aren't even on the pay-per-view. You had Jericho. We're doing Malenko dragon tomorrow night. Those are getting cut short for this to go two minutes and be a bunch of bullshit where Regal, a guy you don't clearly don't care much about right now, and Jacques Rougeau. Like, it's a stupid. This shouldn't, this didn't need to happen. This could have been Malenko dragging eight minutes instead. And when you factor it all in and get you more hype for the clash with a maybe a DQ finish or a brawl finish or something to set that up. Instead, right. we get this as like a throwaway and it feels like, okay. You know, everyone always rips on Vince Russo in 1999 and three-minute matches. But, like, right now we're kind of in that phase right here on the side trail. Like, we get three yeah. minutes, three minutes, three minutes. Nothing's getting any time to breathe or tell a story. Yeah, agreed. Uh, sold out promo airs, and then we get our Lee Marshall Road Report. Yes, he's in a Milwaukee. 
talks about Lou Alcindor and the Packers. And uh, tomorrow's Clash of the Champions, where they'll offer sauerkraut and brat weasel. <laughs> so don't you miss it. Says don't do it. Don't sample it. Uh, Kevin Sullivan versus Chris Benoit. Now Sullivan makes his entrance. Benoit attacks him from behind right there in the hallway. Uh, and then they have a big fight. Like They go up into the stands. The crowd's going nuts. Uh, they go into the concourse. They go into the bathroom again. And uh, Bobby yells out, only on Nitro will you see something like this. Tony calls it the most bitter feud the sport's ever seen. Uh, while they're in the bathroom, Sullivan slams the door onto uh, Benoit's fingers. Uh, they use the plexiglass above the urinal and slam that into each other. Dillinger <laughs> takes another spill <laughs> when he gets in between them. And uh, there was like four or five guys that were just like in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they go to exit and then go back, it is a wild scene. Yeah, like security mobbed. has lost control. Um, <laughs> yeah. they, the cameraman can't get out of the bathroom. No, He's like stuck behind them. Cameraman can't get ba- out of the bathroom. Woman can't get to the to the wrestler. She's yelling to move. God damn it! She's got her shoe off, like waving yeah. her shoe. She uh, the way she yelled that kind of sounded like uh, AC Green. <laughs> He has OJ in the car. He's like, you know who this is, goddamn. Uh, AC Colling, you mean? Oh, yeah. AC Green. Yeah, AC Colling. You know who I am, goddamn. But yeah, she has her shoe off. It is wild. Uh, So then we come to the wide shot in the arena. We see Benoit getting kicked down the steps. Uh, They go into the entranceway and are walking to the ring, and somebody throws a huge beer, like a Mm -hmm. full beer. Uh, that gets thrown and splashes onto the camera. A fan throws another one. Um, so then uh, they get into the ring and we call for the bell. That's all <laughs> that. Uh, the match starts. Sullivan tries to put Benoit on the tree of woe, but he bounces out of that. Some stiff chops, a low blow from Sullivan, and an atomic drop. They hit head to head, and woman's on the apron uh, arguing. And then while that's going on, Jimmy Hart gives Sullivan the ring bell. Benoit goes to the top, goes for the diving headbutt, hits the ring bell. That was it's nasty. It's six, six spot. Like, mm-hmm. you can hear it. It it looks off. I mean, it's just nasty. And then Jimmy helps Sullivan pin uh, Benoit. So, as an abbreviated match, and I think you have to put the brawl in with it, like... You know, I mean, it was an intense, crazy, out-of-control fight, again, between mm-hmm. these two. Um, again, it's a little weird that this is right before they fight the next night. I'm kind of okay with it here because it's like, I don't know, it's like this blood feud. It was signed for Chicago. They added it from Milwaukee. Um, and, and this feels different than like a four-minute exhibition between Malenko and Dragon that doesn't really do anything. This at least is like... This war can't be contained in any arena. Okay. I, I wonder, though, how many times, because, I mean, obviously they'll be fighting a lot more going forward, a mm-hmm. few more times. So I, I wonder if we ever get, like, Dwindling Returns. Return. Yeah. yeah, Diminishing yeah. Returns. Uh, but as of this, I went three and a half. I loved it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
We'll see where it goes uh, from here. I went three and a quarter. Uh, good wild match. Uh, great pace, pure madness, sick finish with that bump at the end. I like that Sullivan wins here to set up tomorrow night because it feels like Ben always beats him. So, like, I'm okay with that here. And, I mean, it's crazy how long this feud goes on. Like, you remember the Bash of the Beach 96 match. And I would bet not too many people remember that it really went on, like, this much longer beyond that. Like, it goes until the summer, right? So, it's, like, almost a full wow. year. <laughs> Which is Back crazy. The beach is a yeah. retirement match, I think. Yep. Uh, come back from break. NWO music starts up. It's Nash, Bischoff, Ted, Six, and the B team. Really, everybody at Sub Hall and Hogan. <laughs> and uh, they invade the announce booth. They scurry off the announcers. Um, and then the three individuals that sit down to start us are Ted, uh, Kevin Nash, and Eric Bischoff. And this is another. Fabulous night of commentary from <laughs> one Kevin Nash where he sits down right away, says, I'm not looking sweet or what, uh, leads us into our next match, which is Carl Ouellette versus Jim Duggan. Uh, Nash says that Carl looks like he hasn't missed too many Labots. As he- that was great. That's such a great line. And then uh, O Canada gets faded out. <laughs> comes Duggan with his WCW flag. Um, he's wearing like gold boots with purple trunks for the WCW colors. He's so, all in. What a what a shill. Uh, and then Eric makes some programming changes here. Mm-hmm. So he says he wants to give Chono a tune up. So he's giving him the match versus Dave Taylor. He says he's subbing in psychosis, but as I explained, that was never going to be the match. Uh, and then he also gives Rick Steiner the night off and inserts Hall. Yeah, uh, I, I like that Eric inserted this, saying this is the first time Paul's wrestling on Nitro. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was good. He's going to take I mean, over. I like how he goes, this is a lousy format. <laughs> yeah, he said, like, wait, this is – he calls it a lousy show, the way it's currently planned. So there we go, crapping on that. Oh, uh, uh, the match itself is whatever. Like, uh, Jock comes out to distract Duggan. That allows Carl to take over. Um, but, uh, Nash says, Nash is talking about the, uh, Benoit and Sullivan thing. And he says, what's this woman thing that's been going on? <laughs> says, uh, you know, take care of things like him and just tell the woman that the money's on the dresser. So yeah, basically he says he pays for his women. So he just has to deal with any bullshit. <laughs> basically what he says. Um, now the, uh, <laughs> and this finish again, very perplexing so the steiners come out because jock i guess is out there the steiners come out they beat up jock and then scott clubs carl so he interferes on duggan's behalf duggan of course does the roll-up tape fist that he wins even nash calls out how ridiculous it is he says oh he injured injured his hand tapes himself up and is miraculously able to get the victory um, you know, this was garbage as a match. I want a quarter star. Uh, this made no sense from a booking standpoint. No. Like the only no. redeeming thing is Nash's commentary. Uh, yep. From a booking standpoint, this sucks because like the Steiners are cheating to help Duggan win. And, and it's, it's not like against, who lets an NWO guy. So that's it's, what not I was like about to say. It's, it's against these lame, amazing French Canadians. So who cares? Like, yeah, we haven't had any Steiners. Fun? Amazing French Canadians feud that they're trying to get revenge for. Um, yeah, like maybe you could say, oh, they're trying to help Duggan because Duggan's pro WCW. But again, he's not like this should have been like Vin, uh, Vincent or Wall Street 
against Duggan, and then they, yep. the Steiners come out. Like that would have made more sense than what we yep. get. <clears throat> but yeah, the matches. This is one of the messiest cards we've had with Nitro as far as in ring. So yeah, half star. The highlights easily Nash. Uh, Bischoff fucks up at the beginning too when the when the Quebecers, uh, Quebecers, uh, Canadians are coming out. Bischoff says, "Oh, we got tag action next." <laughs> this is Soulette coming out. Um, Bischoff says, "Who cares what they're saying?" When uh, let's ta- uh, start to sing and talk oh, and stuff. Damn, so, yeah, a lot of fat jokes um about roulette so i mean whatever yeah it's it's the nash comedy hour which is great but the match is pointless just like every other match tonight yeah uh back from break it's chono versus square day taylor eric says chono's the newest member or is it savage <laughs> and uh and then uh they come back from break they give the narration of diamond dallas page mm-hmm. and him kind of Turning, um, you know, they add some lines, but basically, like, it boils down to a major bad choice. He'll pay for it. He was a dummy, etc. Um, with this match, Squire David Taylor versus Masahiro Chono, they send Nick Patrick down to referee. Chono gets the end of the Nash starts talking about the Japanese stock market. Then he asks Squire Day Taylor is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Ted, Ted gets in a good line that says he looks like he's going fox hunting. That's funny. Uh, is that Sherlock Holmes? Bischoff <laughs> so, oh. talks about buying New Japan as well. And they said DiBiase says he could buy anything. There and that's go. where we get the stock market joke. But. Uh, so Chono offers a handshake. Taylor refuses, then turns around and takes off his jacket, and uh, Chono kicks him, and uh, Ted says, there's the NWO kicking in there. Uh, they laugh about that. Fine shoulder block by Chono. Taylor does get a drop kick in. Um, Eric shields the Miss NWO contest, says they're getting, you know, great receptions all around, you know, or coming in to uh, – that contest itself, they brawl on the outside a little bit, and then uh, when they get back in, Chono gives the inverted atomic drop, the Mafia kick, and the SDF, which Nash actually calls impressively enough to uh, pick up the win. Uh, so another filler matchup here. Again, I think this was just to give Chono, uh, you know, some. Which again, uh, at least time. at least Chono's on the friggin' pay per view. Like that makes this at least makes sense to me that you know they're giving Chono the tune up and let him go over strong before Saturday, like Jericho did. Like so, this would at least made sense. Yep, star and a half for me. Yeah, it's still it's still nonsense, but um, <laughs> you know, it, I feel like the three in a week is a lot for them. Like the Nitro, the Clash, and the pay-per-view within six days, it, this Nitro almost feels a little mailed in. It feels like the heat and the formula, they're kind of just leaning on the formula they have to carry the show. Um, but it felt like it was a lot for them to stack together. All these matches to Nitro, another two hours of the Clash to be compelling. Three-hour pay-per-view, that's going to be a, this unique, different concept. Like, it was a lot to take on in this one week, especially with Chicago. They're trying to make it a big deal. It almost would have been better if this was just, like, a throwaway Nitro. But I get that they were trying to make it, like, this huge week of programming from WCW in this giant month. So, I just I think they struggled a bit piecing it all together. So, I'm going to start in a quarter. Again, at least Chono's on the pay-per-view. It makes sense seeing him here, but it's just another Express Line coverage match. Uh, Scott Hall versus Booker T. Big pop for Scott. Nash mentions that uh, when they opened this building, they had a match together referencing uh, SummerSlam 1994. 
Uh, and then Eric gets in a big uh, shots fired where he calls the Rumble a mess of the pay-per-view and then begs people to stop wearing NWO merch to the opposition because he doesn't want to be giving viewers the wrong idea. Um, so uh, there we go. Then Nash starts crapping on the hotline <laughs> and says, you know, I can't tell you tonight, but if you call me tomorrow for 149 a minute, I'll let you know. Uh, that was hilarious. Well, he uh, says, he goes, people are sleeping with other people inside the NWO. Call, <laughs> find out. Yeah. I'll tell you tomorrow on the hotline. Uh, Nash is talking about, uh, so two-pick throw from Hall, a slap from Booker, Nick Patrick's referee here. Uh, Nash says that's poor sportsmanship on Booker's part. Uh, nice takeover by Hall into an arm bar, and he kind of slaps around Booker T. Um, and then this is the good part of the NWO we talked about where they push Hall versus Luger mm-hmm. tomorrow night on the clash. Eric says, all kidding aside, this is someone you can't take lightly. He's yeah. on a roll, etc." So that was good. Uh, leg kick by Booker. Eric surmises that this may be tougher than he thought, like for Hall to pick up the victory. Uh, Nash says, you know, he's just getting warmed up. Booker then hits the Spinneroonie and the kick, and he's getting a big reaction now mm-hmm. from the fans. Fans were fired up for that. Uh, Scott Hall was able to catch him into a nice fallaway slam. Eric lets us know that 17000 paid uh, for this edition of Nitro, which is a little great. dick, but the paid, yeah. That, that was nice. I, I enjoyed that, but that, I mean, that is, it's an impressive. It's legit, yeah. yeah. But I love um, that, yeah, the, the, that he mentions the paid as a yeah. shot at the Rumble. I love the wording, too, or that mess of a pay per view. Like, it must have been fun to see. Like, I'm guessing these guys just probably will watch that shit together. Like, they'd probably get together and watch <laughs> yeah. pay per views as a group yeah. or whatever to shit on it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Booker gets a splash and a count and it's an obvious slow count and Nash yeah. is funny where he says, oh, that was a bit of a quick count there, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Booker starts to argue with, uh, Nick Patrick Hall takes over and is able to hit the outsider's edge for the win, which also he, uh. That looked a little shaky for a minute too. It wasn't quite as bad as the uh, Farouk Dominator, but um, well, but that, uh, Bagwell came out. Bagwell, too. yeah, Bagwell yeah. comes out to like basically distract Cherry. Um, yeah, so they're chatting, but um, a, a uh, improved and then Riggs, role. Riggs comes out as well. Yeah, I guess an improved role for Bagwell here that he's kind of um. Oh yeah, big that. upgrade from the males. <laughs> right. Uh, two and a quarter. I went for the match. It was it was fine. It was again short though. Like this was probably three minutes. <clears throat> I liked it quite a bit. Um, I mean Bischoff and Nash are hilarious. Uh, especially Nash. Um, again shitting on the pay per view, the Gene stuff. Sleep who's sleeping with who? Um, but it was fun for what we got. It was short. It was angle stuff. But Hall's mega over. And this is a good spotlight for Booker. I wonder if this is. I'm curious when they started to picture Booker as a singles guy with potential. Because when is it? Is it before next year at all? Like, is it in 97 at any point? It feels like well, it starts. You know, the they're in the spring stampede right. match with the infamous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that might have been a trial run. Well, yeah. we'll I'm curious when they when they yeah. started to see something in him. I mean, 98, he's certainly, you know, that's when he's full fledged. Like That's early, know, too, like January, in, February. So, yeah, like he does yeah. the stuff with Martel, then he's in the. Benoit, uh, yeah. At Finley and all that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious when in 97, if it starts, because by 98, like you said, like he's ramped up. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, Hall's mega over. 
the buzz and chaos. I actually went two and three quarters. I, I liked. I just liked the whole package around this. I thought it was entertaining, and I like Hall. I mean, I, I like watching him work, and it was cool. Like you said, they made it a good job, feel like a spectacle. It's his first ever Nitro match. So um, then we get the real event? hotline ad. Uh, the NWO hotline yeah. <laughs> paid at one fifty nine a minute for the NWO hotline. Um, our main event is Stevie Ray versus like Luger. Do you think Nash knew that was coming that ad, and that's why he did, or do you think it was just a no, coincidence that he mimicked the hotline? It was a good coincidence if, yeah. if it was. Uh, either way, it worked out. Uh, so Stevie Ray versus Lex Luger, when Stevie Ray comes out, Nash says, didn't this guy just get beat up? Oh, it's the other one. So there we go. Oh, my God. Uh, Nash says he's more excited for sold out since his third Christmas. Uh, then when Luger comes out, he says, with a body like that, you can't have too much fun. I would have to give up too many things I enjoy, like a pop top. <laughs> so that was a nice line again. Uh, now they're talking about the stuff with Savage, and they're mm-hmm. still playing up the Sting's NWO because he says, like, hey, Savage is like with Sting's mentality that, you know, if you can't beat him, you might as well join him. Yep. So they say Savage came to his senses, all this stuff. Uh, Nick Patrick and Luger start arguing, and Stevie attacks. Uh, Patrick has a great smile on his face when Stevie Ray attacks him here. Uh, Stevie beats up Luger down in the corner. Ted bails here mm-hmm. um, to, I guess, prep Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Bischoff says to go prep Hogan up. Yeah. Uh, six hops on the mic now. Um, Luger gets sent into the guardrail. There's a lot of people getting sent into the guardrail on this edition mm-hmm. of Nitro. Uh, Sherry gives the boost to Luger on the outside. Um, but then once he rolls back in, he's able to pretty quickly make his comeback with the power slam and the torture rack. The torture rack is an interesting, um, it's an interesting finish where as soon as he puts Stevie up in the rack, Nick Patrick calls for the bell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Stevie doesn't really like submit. He just calls for the bell and uh, Luger gets mad and Nash is like, what a win enough's not good for you. Like, you Got to get a perfect score too. And all this. <laughs> Um, and then him and Six have a little bit of back and forth, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, "Hey, we know this guy for a long time. We know he's a real <laughs> prima donna in the back, and all yeah, that." Is yeah. Nash? I'm sick of Luger. <laughs> Six guy, we know him from way back. Uh, so star and a half for this one. It was what it was. Um, the uh, a lot of talk about the clash, and they keep saying the NWO is going to make a big statement, make a presence tomorrow. So they're really trying to sell you on watching the clash because there's going to be some big. NWO thing going down. Like they really hyped that. Uh, when they're near the guardrail, Nash goes, Oh, it looks like WCW is tossing out horseman merch for free to get it on camera. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, uh, just a match. The commentary is great again. I mean, they've, they've really carried the back end of the show. Uh, two and a quarter for the match for me. I, I, I enjoyed it, but okay. it was it was really the commentary. It's such a good package here, whatever they're on. <laughs> uh, we have a very quick Hogan promo here, Dan. Mm-hmm. Like, he comes out with like five minutes left. So he just has Ted and Vincent accompanying him. Uh, Nash calls him the world's richest beach bum. Uh, he rips his shirt and poses. He says everyone wanted to see the pythons. Well, did you see, too, when they're man. coming down, there's a fan that has an old WF magazine. Yes. Yes. Um on uh, the poster yeah. and it's DiBiase and Nash goes look at DiBiase's feathered hair from yeah. like back in the day or whatever yeah they, uh, the fan had like crossed out where the WWF logo on the magazine in the upper left hand corner he'd written NWO yeah uh, which was cool um, 
yeah, that was that was a cool sign that Hogan picked up. <coughs> um, and then Hogan, I didn't understand this. Like he talks about like when we hit the Windy City last night, bro. The people thought it was a 747 coming into O'Hare. So uh, basically talking about how large right. he is. Uh, it costs Giant a big, fat, pimple-infested crybaby. <laughs> Says he'll bust him up real bad. Uh, Ted laid down some heavy dinero down on Hogan to ensure that the job gets done. Uh, he said he met with Giant's mommy and told him what a good boy he was when he was using the Giant. Um, and then we have this uh, finish here where Giant comes rushing out. As soon as Giant comes out on commentary, they're like, oh, go get him, go get him, guys. Nash says, I would go, but I got a gas bubble. <laughs> he stays in the booth. So they basically set out all the cronies and the troops. Uh, security's also holding Giant back. This is where Doug Dillinger takes his third bill <laughs> of the night. His Giant kind of rushes the ring. Uh, as we fade to black, so uh, this 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 felt um, again kind of um, abbreviated. I yeah. would say. I mean, I don't think there was much more they needed to do for this feud, but um, I, I mean, I guess Hogan wanted to be on the big show, but I mean, a pretty easy night for him. Like, like I said, this was literally a five minute promo. Um, I yeah. mean, it was fine for what it was. It was just very short. I'm guessing they said whatever time is left due to the Savage stuff, the rest of the car they said was filled with Hogan, like at the end of the night, probably. Um, six on commentary says, all of Hollywood is copying Hogan's beard, which was funny. Oh, yeah. uh, Hogan says he met Giant at a Chicago basketball game as well. Right. That in there. Right. Um, yeah, the gas bubble thing was funny too. But that's it. I mean, kind of a fine ending to a weird show. It, it, to me, it just felt like they were killing a couple hours until the clash and sold out. I, I thought it was actually a waste of a hot crowd in the big city overall. Um, it was a weird night. Not a lot of giant till the end. Um, I, I can't even say that it's kind of sold out hype either. Like, I, I don't know. It was just, it, it felt, it was just too much. I think the clash should have been a different week from sold out and maybe they could have hyped it differently, but it felt like they were putting all their eggs to the next night to the next night. You know, so it felt like this really just felt like almost like a pre-show to the clash in many ways. Gotcha. Yeah, it was, I agree. It, it was a, a little bit of a, uh, I would say, a helter-skelter type of uh, Nitro. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, look, even this Nitro, as we'll get to our words, it's still very good. I mean, it had one great segment, and then it had a really good brawl, so that helps it. But yeah. I mean, it's still, like, good. Like, moments. It's just, like, the match, the setup of the matches and the booking were, were very questionable, and... um I think they could have just made a few tweaks and made this a much better show. But the, what really saved it for me was the commentary in the back end. Like Nash was so good, it carried that whole back hour. Um, it got me that. That's what got me the most excited for the sold out. Was like them on commentary it was really good. Yeah. It stinks that we know Nash won't be on the booth for sold out. But <laughs> right. Um, all right, match of the night. Uh, obviously, Benoit Sullivan. Yeah, that's a hidden gem for us. Yeah. Uh, moment Savage's return. Yeah, Savage Sting segment. All right. I want Nash for MVP. I mean, he was awesome. Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about Nash. I ended up going with Randy Savage. I just thought, like, when he jumps the rail, um, he has kind of that, like, unhinged edge mm -hmm. that is captivating. So, did a good job in his segment. Even Black Ball. Black Ball. He said the A word, stroke. too. 
Uh, shots fired was Bischoff shitting on the Rumble and then the paid Nitro attendance. Yeah. Uh, Road Report, Milwaukee. I didn't catch any dropped angles or debuts. No. Okay. Uh, so I ended up giving this the same score as Raw. I just went six and a half. I, I thought they were both very good. Um, they both had a great segment with a big moment. Um, they both had like a really good match. And then the rest of the shows were kind of, eh. Um, you could argue Nitro maybe it was more, eh, because it's longer. But I think Nash on commentary <laughs> for me carried that second hour. When you look at that card, if they didn't mm-hmm. do that Nash on commentary, I think this would have been a much weaker show because that back end is so slow in ring. But he's just so funny. It made it was like kind of it was almost like a classic Gorilla Jesse, Gorilla Bobby type deal at an MSG house show where it's like, okay, these are like a bunch of one and a half star matches, but it's just like these great announcers riffing that you just want to listen to so you don't give a shit. Right. That's what it felt like to me with Nash on commentary. Uh, I went lower, I went six. Um, I was above average, but also had some problems as we talked about. But like I said, one great segment and a really good match, so it couldn't go that low. Uh, and the commentary does help. The commentary, I think, discussing it has made it better than when I was watching it. Um, I mean, I was entertained, but I was like, man, there's a lot that's kind of just feels very fillerish, right? And um, the commentary did help from an entertainment standpoint. All right. So combo awards. I mean, for the first time since November 25th, sounds like Raw's our better show. Raw's better show. Yep. So that's only their second one since November, since the gun night, they won the gun night. They won the night of the survivor series. Yes. And then this, so they every, every seven or so they pick up a win. Maybe here. Uh, no, they want a little bit more. Like they want to go home to havoc night. And then that was their first in a while. That show had beaten the shit out of them since. They won May 27th, which is um, the week after Hall, right? And then they won uh, – oh, no, what was that? That was the whole night. Okay, that so Raw won the whole night. Then they didn't win again till this is for us. They didn't win again till October 21st. Yeah. That was yeah. all WCW, including pay-per-view, yeah. that whole time. Um, then they won again on the gun night, November 4th, November 25th, and then nothing till now. So, Yeah, I mean, that to me, that checks out, like – Raw, and only Survivor Series for pay-per-view. Raw so, was pretty yeah. good heading into Mania when you had Babyface Hogan that sucked. And then um, April was whatever. Neither show was great, but some of those Nitro. Since Hall's good. debut, WF has only won four times. And that includes mm-hmm. pay-per-view and TV. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So. Yeah. Uh, best match, Benoit Sullivan. Yep. All right, for best moment, do you want? Are we gonna go with the heart or with the hall? with the savage? This is the big one. I mean, I think this is the debate. Um, I think it's I think, heart. I think I if think you're for impact, it's heart and and um, heart and Austin. And if you're picking Raw to win, to me, like that makes that the better segment. Maybe. I mean, I I, I don't know. I I could see the argument the other way though, because I think the only reason it's close from savage. a nitro standpoint is the savage thing stuff. If you. Yeah. If, Depends how much you weigh the commentary. But. I just think they didn't follow up at it at all. You know what I mean? So it's like the yeah, plant we'll was see. a cool I through do. line. I feel they, like they did follow up on it though the next week. No, I mean right now. Like even that oh, night. It's like that's yeah. kind of it, you know. Well, Whereas like, the Hart and Austin thing kind of carries long. the whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um Nitro clearly better commentary. Yeah, I mean uh well, so was good. JR was great. Commentary was good, yeah. but uh yeah. Nitro. Now, if it wasn't for Nash, I would say maybe tilt it toward JR, but the Nash back end was too good to not go with. Uh, so who's your star overall? 
I mean, I'm roll over the place too. I mean, it, it's either Hart or Austin, I think. So I I don't have a problem giving it to all. As Austin, I thought won, Austin was. Has Austin won any? Uh, I mean, he won the won November fourth. He won two in a row: the twenty eighth and the fourth. The twenty yeah. eighth was the backstage stuff. That might be it. Maybe he won a uh, July twenty second, <laughs> King of the Ring. Obviously, or just give it to Austin. Yeah, yeah, he was great. The jackass thing makes it worth it alone. Um, and then ratings winner, obviously Nitro. Yeah, and it was uh interesting ratings because you'd think coming off uh Rumble, they might have a little bit of a bump. You know. I will say this. I don't think we talked about this. This is a curious decision on the Raw side. No Shawn Michaels. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. It's like, to me, that's a big shock that he, I mean, you're in his home state. He just won the world title. The only thing I can think of is that he was wicked sick and they were just like, go home and rest. Okay. I mean, that's, that's got to be it. We'll see if he's on next week because is that last hour show still from Beaumont? Yeah. Okay. So we'll see if he's on next week or not. I um, think they said he was. Already, so, so then it's even more curious. At least do a promo or something. I mean, they they showed his entrance, I guess, but um, yeah. yeah, it's surprising that he wasn't on. Maybe they figured Brett Austin would carry it enough. So I mean, Raw's in this funk where on January sixth it was a two point one. January thirteenth, the previous week it was two point three. Tonight they're two point two. So they're in the same area, but they didn't get any bump at all from the Rumble. They actually went down. Yeah, uh, you know it's negligible, but uh, I would I would consider that a little disappointing. But again, like they they haven't been above a two point three since November eighteenth, so they've been sliding. Um, and then the next week, I'll just spoil it. They're two point two again, so they're they're in that range right. for a while. They're stuck. Yeah, it's <laughs> disappointing because I mean, not even the the pay per view, whatever it is. It it should be the talk of Austin screwing everyone and winning the Rumble should have been enough to tune in. The next night to see what they do, but I think WCW's done a good job of hyping the shit out of this week. For as much as I'm crapping on it, them doing the three shows, like it's been a big talking point now for weeks for them. Like the week of the twentieth, we got Nitro in in Chicago, the Clash in Milwaukee, and sold out. Um, so I think there was just a lot of hype on this Nitro as well to tune in. So yeah, probably, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's always a lag with this stuff too. Like yeah. I mean, like, but that one specifically, you think the word of Austin winning the rumble would have been a lot to, to get people to tune in. You know? Maybe, but it's still, I mean, he wasn't mainstream at all. Right. So. No, but just some wrestling fans, you think would tune in, but, but I get it. Like I said, WCW had hyped this show up big time. So I could see why nitro fans are more inclined just to stick with nitro. And then you open with Savage coming out. So it probably felt like, okay, we're, we're staying here. Yeah. Um, uh, raw uh, nitro went up from a 3.4 the prior week to 3.7. So, okay, so really yeah, good so, number. So they did. They hyped the shit out of the show. They really did. Um, also, maybe the fallout from the Robin Hood stuff. Yeah, Robin Hood actually got a good number yeah. prior week with that. So, three point seven matches their highest rating ever. Oh wow! Okay, that was. I mean, there's the two that are unopposed. So if right. you throw that out on a head-to-head night, they've done three point seven now. Uh, November 11th was 3.7. No, uh, September 9th and September 16th were both 3.7. So they've done 3.7 four times now. They still haven't been able to eclipse it. 
they I'm will. guessing off of this show, maybe not. Right off of this show, I don't know. Next yeah, week. they will in a couple weeks, but that's February 10th, so that's when Raw that's on a post, on a post too. Um, so, so it's a couple. It's it'll be a couple of months before they beat that. Oh, let me look. It may even be a long time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching this Nitro, they get the big audience. I wouldn't say this is super compelling enough to, to come back. Um, based on what, I mean, it was a good show, but not like, oh, I can't wait for next week based on this show. 8-4, that's the 100 Nitro. That's yeah, yeah. the big one. They they beat it then. Okay. Okay, wow. So we're capped on both shows, really, for we're, a bit. We're, I mean, uh, well, Nitro, I mean, uh, Nitro. Raw starts picking up. Yeah. Um, so we'll start tracking Raw uh, a couple weeks after Mania. They have they have some pretty good ratings. That we'll see if that's their highest rating. Since so they get some hard shows in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so I th- I think the main thing now is the gap. And again, the gap on this show was 1.5, like between uh, Raw and Nitro. All right. Well, we got a gap of two weeks. We'll be back then on a Monday to talk to you about the Clash of the Champions. So it'll be a WCW solo show. And then we get another WCW solo show a month from today. We'll be covering Sold Out. And then we'll be back to the, the Raw vs. Nitro uh, in six weeks. So a lot to cover here. We're in an exciting time, like we talked about. We're really pumped for it to see the more excitement between both shows and not just kind of Nitro carrying the ball for us on the show. Check out everything we have to offer the Nostal Connection. Again, be sure to subscribe on here on YouTube if you're watching this way. Or subscribe on any podcast app as well. Follow us on social media. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a like. We really appreciate it. Until then, that's Chad of JT. Smell the napalm. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. I control the crowd. You know I hold it down. When it drops, you know it's deep. When you hear the sound. From town to town. Until it's world renowned. And I rock New York City all year round. My vibes and lyrics. Find spirits like a seance. It's fat crayons. My writings display chaos. My plan is damage. The diagram the way to damage. I take advantage. Until the crowd go bananas. What? I'm rushed, I hit cuts and I lust to touch Microphones be clutched by the illustrious Word spread I inherited Many ways to say the unsaid Born with three sevens in my head In time no one can seem to blow your mind as far as this To find you'll need philosophers and anthropologists Astrologists, professors from your smartest colleges With knowledge and scholarships Where I'll be dropping this Some of the things that I know Oh, be in your next Bible When I die, go bury me in my notebook and cowl With the great God from Egypt manifest Was right rhymes line with the stars I'll come back to bless them I control the crowd, you know I hold it down When it drop, you know it's jiggy when you hear the sound From town to town, until it's world renowned And I rock New York City all year round I control the crowd, you know I hold it down When it drop, you know it's jiggy when you hear the sound From town to town, until it's world renowned And I rock New York City all year round